Yeah, I can see you and oh, I can hear right. you. Okay, well, that's amazing. I mean, I can see you. You're just small. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, that's all good. Brilliant. Chad, thank you so much for um, for joining, coming on the podcast. Pleasure, Ben. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. Um, and uh, and obviously for our listeners, um, again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate the channels um, and the podcast is growing nicely. Um, but most importantly, hopefully we're bringing lots of value and <clears throat> great insights from, from various people. Now, um, just to quickly introduce Jan, um, you're an author. <laughs> it's always a bit cheesy, this bit, yeah. isn't it? It's like, oh, God, here we go. So, Jan, you're an author and a speaker um, all about business, entrepreneurship, and things like that. And um, and that comes back from, a, from a background, as I understand it. I mean, you can introduce yourself properly much better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, from a background in, in the life of business, I, I'm, I'm assuming. So, please, you know, fill me in more than... More than <laughs> Well, Ben, I, I spent a, a brief time in my early career avoiding being employed. You know, I did take the odd job, but I really hated it and they weren't too keen on me either. So it was clear I was going to have to work for myself, which is where I started out. I started out with no great dreams or plans of ever running a proper business, but every plan of not working for other people. And in those endeavours, uh, because I knew absolutely nothing. I mean, we're going back a long time. Uh, not, not, not. I'm saying I know everything now, because I don't. But uh, I need. But incredibly, I knew considerably less then. I think the point though <laughs> is, is just it's you're always on a learning journey, and that's what's exciting about it. Absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. No, you're quite right. It is. Uh, and and really, my learning journey started back then because fending for myself and, and earning an income as such started with doing a service for people, which was quite often selling things or selling stuff myself. I mean, I always uh, tend to, to go right the way back to when I was selling sandwiches around offices. But it's a hell of a good starting point because, you know, you've got that face-to-face -face sales and customer feedback, um, both on quality and actually what you're selling. So if you know nothing about business, that sort of thing, be it face-to-face -face sales, which nobody can do at the moment, clearly, or eBay selling or whatever, it, it gives you that grounding in understanding oh, that you, know you have to follow what the customer marketplace and the, what the customer's problem is. 100%. So, so, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to jump on there, Jan, actually, and just, and just completely agree with everything you're saying. I think that it, it's really interesting times where we're at the moment with the internet and, and, and the way business is going, and, and particularly now of all times when we're not doing any face-to-face, -face, you know, with yeah. a lot of it's all virtual. But I think having, you know, that experience and, and, and of dealing with customers face-to-face selling face-to-face -face, you know that's something i had early back in my career yeah, yeah very much so um and it gives you so much sort of i guess you learn about how to deal with people ultimately and business is about people you know yes. the fact that we're all online is, is just is just in irrelevance really we, you know business is still people people are behind the business and i think you know my worry my fear slightly and i don't know if, if you agree with this is way you know, the next generation who have been brought up with, with technology and computers and iPhones and all the rest of it, that they, that there's a, that barrier between them and a person 
and they might lose those soft skills of interaction and bonding and rapport and all those really helpful soft skills which you learn you know if you've done those sort of careers and those sort of jobs um and they're not taught really you've got to just go no they're not then you are absolutely a man after my own heart. Yes, I couldn't agree more, actually. Um, you know, and it's one of my worry. I mean, I have uh, sort of friendly arguments with, with people who are considerably younger than me who say, you know, it's all about marketing now. You don't need to know sales. You don't need to know any of that stuff if you can do algorithms. And, you know, I, I don't get it, you know, because a sales skill to, to do anything, I mean, you know, to say to sales skill was part of getting a book contract, you know, um, and I don't think an algorithm is ever going to replace that. And no. you're right, people are not getting that practice. And, and whether you choose to use it or employ somebody else to do the selling for you as quickly as possible, because it's not your thing. That understanding is a, is a really big thing in business. And I think it goes even deeper to just the physical selling, because I see often sales and, and marketing is one of the same thing. But yeah. I think it goes deeper because, yes, you know, yes, if you... excited to talk to somebody <laughs> like this. <laughs> but, it's, but it goes deeper because I think unless you have real empathy and understanding of that person you're trying to, you know, build a relationship and, and become a client, yeah. you know, then your whole branding around the business, the communication, how, you know, what that messaging is. Yes, that message might be online now and that's absolutely fine. And I'm a massive advocate for digital marketing. So don't get me wrong. But I think having that real empathy and understanding of the client and the customer and what they want mm. is a critical component to any digital marketing strategy. So it's not just all about the algorithm. It's also about the branding. It's about the messaging. But that ultimately comes down to you understanding the customer absolutely at a very deep level and understanding what they want and that you know and and you discover that when you're you know you discover that much more quickly i think when you're dealing with somebody face to face yeah you know um and the old school of selling certainly um because you get that immediate feedback you can see the whites in their eyes you can see (laughs) you know you know you get that instinctive sense which you just don't get on a google you know or whatever it is. No, I think, I mean, I think you can probably practice. I, I mean, I, I, I loved doing telephone sales far more than I did t- face-to-face, um, though clearly I had a, a baptism of fire with those uh, sandwiches. But, uh, and I did, I did do a fair bit of face-to-face, but I much preferred the phone. And I think you can get a lot from people's voices, but, but without any customer contact at all. That's almost another step away from the customer, isn't it? You still have that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, I guess the telephone stuff was that first step away from the, you know, old school knocking on doors, effectively. Yes. And, yeah. and, and now we've moved a step further with digital and marketing and the internet and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting how things have evolved. Maybe we just don't like people. We like to <laughs> just like try to move away as far as way we can. <laughs> Well, I think I think sales has got this dirty word, hasn't it? it? You know, it has become this dirty word, rather. You know that people think of sales as still something out of the nineteen fifties and Encyclopedia Britannica knocking on doors, and you know, there's. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch on on the, on the book I've done as an author, but there's a lovely guy I speak, speak to in that called Andrew Milburn, who's a sales specialist, and um, he he runs a company called um, Blank this morning, um, Kiss, Kiss for Fish. 
And he talks about honest selling. And he's so right because honest and selling are not two words people still put together. So they assume that it's something horrible to do and they wouldn't want to do it. It's pushy, it's horrible. They don't want to hear it. They can't wait for it to be phased out. So I don't think it's quite so much for people uh, as, as, as the association with the word, but I'm not sure the, the sort of iPhone generation aren't getting a bit, bit people phobic as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think, yeah, there's definitely some of um, a possible element of, of disconnection, I think. Um, but, um, you know, and that, that's why, you know, I mean, I've got to jump on a couple of, I guess, things that you, you mentioned, but just touching on that last one, I think one thing I'm really keen for, you know, my, you know, my young kids are, are growing up in that, in that world um of so being sociable online you know playing games with their friends online and things like that and i'm i, I i'm embracing that because that is the world that they're going to live in and that's the world that's that's yeah. moving forward but at the same time i'm trying to say to them and make sure that they understand and encourage them to have real world relationships and be able to interact in a room full of people yes. um, and not be frightened by it because wow i'm not used to this it's like oh god you know so going to clubs you know and and be, you know and get involved and, and getting out and you know so it, it's you know it's a very challenging time but without going on about a whole other subject there one thing i just other point i want to pick up on the sales side and i think it's really important that this and i think and i've said this for years is people don't realize that every single person is a salesperson and, and what i mean by that is a teacher who you don't think of as a salesperson is a salesperson. A doctor, who you'd never dream of being a salesperson, is a salesperson. Because ultimately, if you believe that that person is going to be able to teach your kids, or that person is going to make you better, if they didn't sell that belief to you, you wouldn't go and use yeah. them. Absolutely. So you know, I don't think we all realise that in some form or other, we are all selling ourselves. Um, I, I think we've got to get away more. from that whole thing of you're just trying to get something out of me. Well, it's just a you know, hopefully I'm going to provide value. And if there's a financial transaction, then great. And it's yeah. no more complicated than that. And I think that truth and honesty that you mentioned is absolutely critical. And I think that's, you know, that, that's an element which I absolutely despise and hate. And I've seen it in lots of different industries of those, you know, and, and, and for me that I've got time or I've got moments even waste with them um, because I think, honesty and just being upfront with people is always the best policy and and almost i think sometimes my honesty is, is a little bit um sort of surprises people it's like uh, you know it, well it's just this is what it is you want to do it or you don't want to do it yeah. let's chat and it's and i think that's always the best policy it's almost like get let's get let's get that you know that thing in the corner that we all know is over our shoulder that we don't want to discuss dealt with yeah get it put to bed <laughs> And then we can move forward because otherwise we're playing this dancing game and we're like, oh, you know, do you want to do this? And do you want to, you know, <laughs> let's just get that dealt with. And are we going to move forward or not? And if we are great, if we're not, let's move on. I absolutely 110% agree, you know, and I, I guess that's the flip good side of uh, the internet is that people trying the old school trick people into buying type of selling do get found out a lot quicker now because reputation is everything. Uh, 
and, and reputation can spread very easily. So hopefully it will get killed off. No, definitely. Sorry, um, but Jan, I've, I've chipped on far too much. But let's let's go, let's go back and talk a bit more about you, um, because it, I, I'd love to f- sort of discover a bit more about um, where you are now and 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 what what possible from what you're doing now may help other people who are thinking about starting their own business or are in the existing business and they're looking for some sort of I don't know ideas or guidance or suggestions. Of course. No, absolutely. Well, I had a business that I had to grow because I had children to feed and things, but I was scaling it and struggling to scale it for a very long time. I mean, initially it was fast growth, award winning, everything going right, you know, um, all bells clanging. But then we got stuck in the scale process. And got stuck really badly. And I'm a stubborn woman. So I stayed there banging my head against a brick wall, thinking, you know, I can do this, going a bit forward, going a bit back for about seven years and getting more and more suicidally miserable, more and more ill. And very, very familiar with the problems of scaling because I was falling into most of the traps. And I also did go at the time and went on a fabulous course down in London with other entrepreneurs who were doing high growth businesses and learned a lot from them. But when I decided enough was enough, part of it was because I realized that to scale successfully to any size, you've got to have the foundations right. And I hadn't. And so it was a question of either deciding, uh, you know, enough is enough or completely taking it to bits and starting all over again, which, and it wasn't by that time, I could have paid, been paid a million dollars to start that business all over again. And I wouldn't have done it. Okay. I'd had it after seven yeah. years, well, yeah. you know, a lot of good years, but seven yeah. years of misery. Yeah. So I, I, after that, I thought, well, what can I do with all this? You know, I've, I've got this experience and now I've got a lot of knowledge. You know, and what I was also doing as a sort of side thing was writing business articles, as you rightly said, for a digital publication online. And they asked me to write a bit more about the problems of scaling and what had gone wrong. And I thought about that because it got very good feedback, um, probably better than anything else I'd written. And uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe there's, there's mileage in this to put a book together and help other people not fall into all the traps that I did and and maybe do things better. But I decided that for all all I was familiar with the traps, uh, I had better get a lot of expert help. So I involved uh, a whole parcel of wonderful entrepreneurs from across the globe who have helped me put this book together, which takes you on a sort of bit of a journey through all the aspects of entrepreneurship. We, we discuss sales, as I mentioned, but we discuss marketing, we discuss strategy and vision and mission and different forms of financing and um, acquisitions and all sorts of things that you, you, know, you might come across. And I got a, a different entrepreneur to help me with each one. From, from some of my fabulous people who've, who've been there and done it and done it right. And so that book is currently about three weeks being off published with Bloomsbury, which oh, is how exciting. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah, you have to send me a link to it and uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Lovely. Thank you. It's called Scale for Success. 
Fantastic, fantastic. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think entrepreneurship business, even when you, you know, you have you find yourself pivoting for whatever reason, I think we should always em embrace that and actually look at it as a positive because ultimately, you know, whatever path you're on and wherever direction you go in your life, there's a reason I think I'm a big believer in there's a reason things happen and things happen for a reason. And, you know, sometimes even in the worst crisis opportunities arise when you least expect. Um, and I think, you know, doing something where you're pivoting to become an, uh, an author and, and writing about past experiences, collaborating with other people um, and sharing those experiences is, is amazing. So uh, I think, yeah, well done to you. It's been the most wonderful experience. I mean, I, honestly, it's been, I think probably the best experience I've ever had in my life. And uh, writing's a dream come true anyway, but uh, the people have just been fantastic and, and I've met, you know, so it's some incredible people through. So I don't know um, anything about that publishing industry, but um, one thing I certainly am aware of is the self-publishing has sort of become a viable um, option. Um, how did, you know, if anyone's sort of thinking of doing something similar to yourself, you know, what sort of, you know, uh, tips, advice would you give them? Why go down the route that you went down? Or, or Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, I mean, I did a lot of research uh, into the sort of pros and cons of self-publishing and uh, versus trad. And I think it very much depends on what you want out of it. You know, you're right, it's become, as with self-publishing, it's become very much for done thing. You know, if people advise you, get a book it's become as a business card almost um it's become a big industry in itself as so many coaches out there you know often often um who've been in the publishing industry who often off, offer to coach you to produce your first book but i you know it, it means for self-publishing route there are some amazing truly amazing books in it and there's also a lot of drafts because of course you know anybody can publish no filter. whether <laughs> they can write or not um so you know to some extent there's a there's a kudos with with trad publishing i guess yeah and that goes with it but but the downside obviously you know is um it's it it takes an awful lot longer <laughs> wow does it take a lot longer you know you're talking about maybe 18 months to get a book out trad published whereas with self-publishing probably get one out in six or even maybe near a three and i assume that's because there's a lot of back and forth and, and they're you know they have to validate it they have to be happy they have to say Absolutely. oh you need to do this yeah or, I want this in there, or have you thought about speaking with this person? So it's yeah, about, very much you know, so. Yeah, having I mean, another person in the mix and makes it. Yeah, and that of course will have a knock-on effect on quality. You know, in fairness, I mean, Bloomsbury put my one through. I'm trying to remember if it was three or four, four edits, which I mean, you just nobody would do self-publishing wise, you know, and that takes a lot of time, you know, going back and forth with with an editor going through it. But you know, you get that bit better edited book. I yeah yes um or you should do <laughs> <I hope. laughs> i'm sure you do i'm sure you do 
now I'm sure you do too. I have every faith in Bloomsbury. But um, but yeah, I mean, that sort of thing takes time. They have to schedule it in because, you know, they sell overseas. So it's got to go on all the sort of sales, sales trade catalogs and, and everything. And yeah, it, you know, if they, if they reckon on it taking time, so they give themselves up for about 18 months because they're used to it taking that amount of time to get a manuscript into the sort of condition that they're prepared to actually publish it, however good for starting point. And what's your hopes and expectations and aspirations with the book and now moving forwards with this new direction that you're, you're going in? It's, it's very interesting because, I mean, it was, it was <clears throat> almost, uh, well, was, uh, you know, uh, what the hell, this has been a childhood dream of mine forever project. Um, without meaning for it to particularly take take me anywhere, and actually without initially any expectation of ever getting published, let's be honest. <laughs> so well, I certainly didn't know it was going to take me anywhere, you know, because uh, sometimes with publishing world, it's if you know the right, know the right people, it's one of those, those things still. I mean, you have to write as well, but to even get through the oh, 100%. amount of just sheer yeah, volume. Definitely. And unless you're like a well-known person you exactly. know, in, in the world of media, then I'd imagine it's very, very difficult because yeah. you know, and ultimately they're a business, aren't they? So, you know, um, so yeah, I've been very, very fortunate, but, uh, but therefore it's launched me very fast into something that I didn't expect. And then also because of the pandemic, they, they've brought the UK publishing date considerably forward because we were ready. Whereas the US and um, Australian launch days are not, still not till July. So I've got a sort of two peak launch thing going on. Whereas, you know, I'm all geared up to do to, to a bit of a launch event, and, oh, which you're very welcome, um, but um, to, to celebrate the British one. And you're doing lots of, lots of promotional stuff for that. Um, doing a lot of writing, obviously, and chatting to people. And then coming up to, you know, in the three months preceding the Australian and American one, I shall be doing probably virtually the same thing over there for there. So so I've got a sort of staged breather before I have to regroup and actually think, what next? I don't know. Uh, I can't see me coming away from writing. No, I'm, I'm addicted. They say that's quite likely you do get addicted. That's amazing. It's really interesting, actually. You're talking about um, that launch and you're effectively in the pre-launch phase now because I'm, um, this is the podcast. I don't know if you've, um, don't worry if you haven't because not many people listen to this podcast. That's right. (laughs) So um, the, um, what was I going to say? So yeah, I'm very much focused at the moment with this podcast talking about pre-launch phases and and sharing, sharing, um, you know, based sharing ideas um, with the audience, um, but also listening to what other business owners have sure. done, what mistakes they've made. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of people don't really have a pre-launch strategy. They, they tend to just go, woohoo. Um, and, and also interestingly, particularly the tech businesses, they, they, it's, it's often more of an evolution. It's a, it's a newer type of business than the old school businesses where you're yeah. in a shop and you have... I don't know, the mayor, if you're lucky, come down and cut a ribbon or whatever it is. Um, but it's interesting because you're talking about your launch and 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 I, it sounds very much as though it is like, woohoo, a launch, you know, 
and you know pop open the champagne um a little bit of a build-up beforehand so yeah that's that's really interesting because um yeah it's it'd be interesting to learn a bit more about what you're doing now um, to build up that hype and what maybe sure. even the publisher's doing to start building up that hype because I know it's different industries, but often you can find ideas and from different sectors and bring them into your yeah, own business. Of course. No, I mean, I think it's difficult for the publishing industry because yes, you're quite right. It used to be very much launch parties and champagne and, you know, I hope to bribe the press for a good night out and um, oh, that's you know, we're going back a bit. I'm not, I don't know if that's how Bloomsbury did it with the press. They have such an amazing reputation anyway, but in general, I'm talking and, uh, you know, invite relevant people and everything else. But of course, we can't do that in the pandemic, you know, and so and, and the self-publishing industry again and changed that because there was a birth of um, truth, which many people recommend of either doing your own launch, possibly virtually online or in person, and maybe even getting um, sort of groups of people, which I haven't done, you know, but, but again, I've got different different launches in other countries coming on later on but you can do the same sort of thing have small groups you know zooming in from alaska or wherever to go you know how fantastic is this on the night so so some sort of celebration i think does help get the word out you know with a book you're trying for it, it varies bloomsbury again slightly different from other houses um, because they sell an awful lot of books direct you know whereas if you were self-publishing you'd be very focused on amazon and algorithms because uh, if the moment you sell a book on amazon the algorithm goes into work whereas a lot of the books for bloomsbury publishing are, are with them so so you don't get quite the rise in um the algorithms on, on Amazon till it till it catches on through the bookstores, which which they will sell to <laughs> half a chance. <laughs> but uh, it, I mean, it's all about getting the it's all about marketing clearly, and it's all about getting the word out. So you've got the launch itself. You've got uh, um, old-fashioned PR of seeing where you can write for or get mentioned in the press. And as, as a writer, obviously, Bloomsbury have been kindly promoting me to one or two and getting me a few extra articles to write for places I don't normally write to or I've never written to, written for. Fantastic. So that's useful uh, and all helps, you know, generate the buzz. And then what else are we doing? I'm obviously talking to podcasters, um, you know, because they're great people. You know, <laughs> of course, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and generally sort of getting in contact with people I know and, you know, saying, what can we do? And, you know, can I do something for you? And what, what you know, vice versa. So right, it's, yeah. it's, it's some ways it's very similar. I think, you know, doing anything with a book, the best advice I can possibly give you if you're doing a book is to think about it as a business, you know, something that you are going to have to think about the reader as your client and how you're going to promote it, how you're going to market it. Same story. Yeah, and ultimately, I guess it's almost a two-pronged attack is one, well, maybe even three, first writing it, second, <clears throat> promoting it, but third and most importantly is making sure the product's good because actually when you get somebody yeah. opening your book, 
and, and it's the same with any product, you know, you want them to go, wow, that was really good and tell their friends and, and then buy your next book or, or follow yeah, you on definitely. your socials, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, and all the rest of it. So I think, I think, um, you know, maybe, you know, your own website might be, I don't know if you've got your own website, but your own website, your socials and start publishing, you know, just putting content out there. Um, and talking. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, you know, we're, we're doing all that. Yes, I do Fantastic. have my own website, um, which is, in case anybody's listening, it's jancafel.co.uk. Fantastic. And uh, there's lots on the book on that. It's obviously, it's been listed on, on Amazon and all good websites, uh, book websites for some time. And we're doing a big social media campaign, particularly particularly on Twitter, which is good for books. Yeah. Um, with, journalists on Twitter. In combination with Bloomsbury. And lots of very super people have been kind enough to say nice, nice words for the cover and the inside too. So we're sharing those incredibly humbling, humbling words that people have said. Oh, amazing. No, it's lovely. It's it's so nice when you get that nice feedback, isn't it? You know, from, the, yeah, you know, when absolutely. you've done a lot of hard work, you know, whatever business you're doing, you know, when somebody just says, well done, you know, it's, it's, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost much, does it? And I think, I think I know, we, should, we should all appreciate other people's I, businesses more. I, I, you know, it's, it's uh, particularly, I think if you're creative too, you know, it, it, it comes up from the heart, you know, and uh, I mean, I know that, you know, the, the sort of main main person, well, not main person, but the person on the cover who who very kindly, who's who's an entrepreneur you may know of, called Ollie Barrett, who's one of the people who started did start up Britain, and he he was kind. He didn't just review it. I mean, he got. He in fact when when I approached him, he said yeah, he said he was terribly busy. It was very late warning, and he probably wouldn't have time. But um, which I thought was fair enough, and didn't expect to hear any more. And then I got an email from him, and then I thought, what well, you know, it's just going to confirm he didn't have time. Saying, will you ring me? And I was like, God, what's he going to say? You know. And he was so nice, and oh, you know, I felt such a fool because I could hardly get any words. <laughs> I was nearly in tears. <laughs> you know, just because you know it means so much. Um, it's it's truly amazing when people say nice things. Yeah, definitely. And um, have you got any um, talks planned um, to get on the road and, and sort of sort of promote the book? I know this they do sometimes like um, book events, don't they? Where they do. <coughs> yeah. I mean, I probably will do. I mean, you know, I'm at the moment. I've I've got to get my head around organising uh, the launch, which which is a challenge in itself. Um, which I'll probably do on hopping. I think. Um, and, um, you know, it, if that proves of, of interest and goes successfully, you know, I was thinking of doing some more sort of fireside chat type events on there if, if it has a, it proves, proves interesting. But, you know, it's, it's been, I tell you, honestly, Ben, it's been such an amazing journey and an amazing ride and, and so exciting. You know, I get up every day thinking, you know, wow, what opportunities this can bring me today. That's what life's about, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I haven't a clue what, what will come next, but, you know, ride, I'm up for ride it. The wave. Wow. <laughs> ride the wave. <laughs> get that surfboard out and ride the wave. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jan, that's awesome. Um, have you got any sort of like tips or any um, advice that you could give? Uh, yeah, of course. No, absolutely. Buying? I was all geared up and I knew, you know, you were talking about sort of pre-startup. I think, um, you know, there are two really big divisions we're looking at with pre-startup. And, you know, a bit like you were saying, markets changed and, and it's partly because of tech and funding and one thing and another. And I think you've got 
a, a great need for both, can I just say. I, I've campaigned about enterprise all my life and we really need entrepreneurs. So there, there's the ones who are determined to grow uh, businesses, big business from the start who may be that already have investment or be going on an accelerator or have spent a long time planning it, you know, a bit like you're doing, I think, from what I understand. Yeah, long, long and they're the ones who start up a small business, um, you know, because I just possibly need, which is exactly how I started, uh, desperation and just a scrabbling to do something which is absolutely fine or they may just want a small business so, you know i was going to say a corner shop but of course that's out as well now but you know what i mean and uh you know so so you may want a small business hairdresser is, is anything functioning anymore can't think of a good example but uh you know small is great small is fine and i'm a massive champion of micro biz uh, and uh, Tony Robinson's campaigns and things like that. But equally, you may be starting out to grow. The dangerous one is, I think, comes if you, well, obviously all businesses is, is risky, but if you, if you start out in a small business, content to be a small business and end up growing, which, and, and haven't considered that the needs to be a bigger business are entirely different. You know, it means you move into something very, very different as you scale and you can't just grow and do the same thing as you've always done and make up the extra hours, which nobody else is going to do for 50 people like you did for one other person <laughs> and, and all these things. You've got to really, really think about strategy from as early as possible if there's any possibility in your mind that you might grow later on you do it while you're running a business but but do it early not late not done don't drift no i think that's a really interesting um and a really thoughtful point because i think again lots of people ah i don't know lots of people but you know i i whether they do whether they do but i think what is important if you're starting a business or early in the business is to think what type of business do you want to run what kind of business owner do you want to Absolutely. be? And, and that's exactly your point you're making is because ultimately, like you said, is a small business will be a very different lifestyle to something that suddenly grows and suddenly you're responsible for lots of different people. You've suddenly got headaches of HR, firing, hiring, dealing with a whole magnitude of things. So I think the sooner you can have that thought process of where am I in my life? How secure am I? Where do I want to go? And having that honesty, um, you know, because actually there's nothing wrong. And it's great to have wrong. a really small business, which gives you a great lifestyle, pays the bills. And even then it's not going to be easy, you know. No. Um, but, you know, so I think it, it's, you know, not allowing events to take over, if that makes sense. So if you, exactly. You know, exactly. If you, if you organically grow, great. But just consider, consider where you want to grow. Okay, okay, we're back. I might do some editing and snipping. No, and... Sure. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Rather you than um, me. <laughs> oh, honestly, you know, you, you know, the joys of trying to do all this stuff. Um, it is good fun, and ultimately, it's it's um, really rewarding because I, I love meeting new people mm. and 
and connect with new people and what a great way to network and build new oh absolutely you know, i mean if i had any tech skills at all i'd do do that but as to i'd talk to people and write it down you know yeah no definitely so um <clears throat> jan if you could um give us a little tip a bit of advice um for anyone who's thinking about starting their own business or uh, early days you know within their business you know what sort of you know tips advice could you possibly sure share? I think, I mean, what we've been talking about is is get to know your customer, um, you know, is, is absolutely key. And I don't think, you know, maybe they will one day, but I don't think the algorithms deliver it right now. Not enough. You know, it's no substitute from talking to them. And you can tease stuff out of people. And, and as, as you said, see whites, their eyes, you know, and get nuances that they may not even be aware of. But, it, it, you know, and, and in doing so, you open up a market, uh, the possibility of a market which you might not have thought of, or you get, you're able to hone in on what really is the market. Because the biggest, oh, biggest mistake, there's so many that people, including me, have made. But one of the huge mistakes is to assume I've got something fantastic, so it's going to sell. It's not about whether it's you, you think it's fantastic or your mum's told you it's fantastic or anything else. It's about, <laughs> it's about actually the fact the customers have got a need and you're not going to yeah. find that out until you talk to them. No, hundred percent. It's you know the market will decide <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's harsh. <laughs> I know. But, it's heartbreaking. We've all got to face that reality, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. I completely agree. Um, I think that's a great point to sort of uh, wrap wrap up with. Um, but Jan, listen. Um, yeah, definitely. Please do share um the link. Um, I'll go and check out your website. I hope everyone else does as well. Um, I can't wait to sort of you know, read the book. Um, and um, yeah, maybe we can have a follow up sure, you know, let, later know. in the year Absolutely. to see how, how things have been going. Um, yeah. You might be a, like the next New York bestseller, you know, New York <laughs> Times bestseller. <laughs> well, it would be nice. It would be nice, but unlikely, I fear. But, you know, as you say, who knows? Who knows? And it is getting Brilliant. lovely feedback. So, no, definitely. Brilliant. Yes, Jan, thank you so much. Have a great day. And thank um, you, yeah, Ben, thank and you, for you and me. I'll send you bits you need. Fantastic. Take care. Thanks, Ben. Take care. Bye.